0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 21, how Abraham had given his wife Sarah over to Pharaoh and Abimelech, but how similar and differing both of their responses were to Abraham, who was God's prophet. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and also available at iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, are you interested in helping people find the Jewish Messiah? Well, you can by donating and supporting Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries. Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can support Jewish evangelism by going to IsraelRestoration.org, IsraelRestoration.org, or call us now at 800-247-3051. Now, we have several teachings to offer you as our resource of the month. Tom Cantor is our amazing Bible teacher, and we have some small pocket-sized teaching and tracks that can help you grow in your faith, prayers, and your witness. These resources we are offering from Tom Cantor are called How a Jew Learned the Meaning of Isaiah 53, How to Pray for the Lost by Tom Cantor, How to Pray for the Saints by Tom Cantor, and What Kind of Love is God's Love from Tom Cantor. These written resources from Tom Cantor will teach you valuable and simple Christian lessons. All of these teaching resources are yours for a donation of $10 or more to the Friendship with God radio program, which will help to support this program staying on this station that you're listening to. Now call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or go online to friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org, God.org can go to our online bookstore, or you can donate to support this Bible teaching radio program and evangelical outreach ministry with Israel Restoration Ministries. Now here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher today, teaching us from Genesis chapter 21 how Abraham had given his wife Sarah over to Pharaoh and Abimelech on two different occasions, but how similar and differing both of their responses were to Abraham, who was God's prophet.
1: Well, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, all of us just confess to you that we need the light of your word. We need the light of your word, Lord, to illuminate the darknesses in our hearts so that we can confess them, we can turn from them. We need the light of your word to shine on the Lord Jesus Christ so we can worship him more this morning. We need the light of your word to renew, Lord, like kindling the hope that is in us To see our Lord Jesus. So use your word this morning for this purpose, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time which God, Elohim, had spoken unto him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac, or laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, or at the eighth day, as God, or Elohim, had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. All right, now, in our last study, you remember how we studied and looked carefully at the person of Abimelech. Very important Gentile person, Abimelech, the king of uh, this uh, area there. He's a Philistine. And, you know, when we looked at Abimelech, it was just so easy for us to think of Abimelech like Pharaoh. That we had studied in the past. Because both of them took Sarah into their harems. God warned both of them. But there really is a great difference between these two Gentiles when we read about Abimelech. Because there's certain things that we read about Abimelech that we don't read about Pharaoh. I mean, Abimelech here was a man who knew how and did plead with God for his life. Here was a man, who, Abimelech, who humbled himself before all his servants, telling them about the great sin that he had committed. Abimelech, here was a man who got up early in the morning to fully obey God. Here was a man, Abimelech, who went after Abraham, and he, and he wanted Abraham to pray for him so that he could have life, he could receive life from God that God had promised to Abimelech if he could get Abraham to pray for him. I mean, here was a man, Abimelech, who recognized that although he had every right to be infuriated against Abraham the Jew, Abimelech was a man who knew that he would only be blessed if he overlooked his own personal, uh, how he was offended, and his own personal anger against Abraham the Jew, and looked instead squarely at the promise that God had made about the Jew from Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. So the key difference between Abimelech and Pharaoh is what Abimelech recognized about Abraham that Pharaoh never recognized about Abraham. And that's revealed to us. We haven't read it yet, but you can look down you see it in verse 21, where it says, I'm sorry, verse 22, where it says, And it came to pass at that time that abimelech and baical or picol the chief captain of his host spake unto abraham saying god is with thee in all that thou doest so even though it was for all the wrong reasons that abimelech and abraham met together it was for all the wrong reasons but nevertheless when abimelech met god because of what Abraham had done to him, he heard these words from God that was in our last chapter, that very important verse, verse 7, where it says, God spoke to Abimelech, and said, now restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou wilt live, and if thou restore or not, know thou thou surely die. So those were very special words to Abimelech that he heard God say when he heard, he's a prophet. He's going to pray for you and you're going to live. He latched on to those three points that here he had in his land a prophet of God. Here he had not only a prophet of God, he had a priest of God who could pray for him and he could benefit by getting life. Those were like sweet music, sweet words to Abimelech. He really loved those because he heard God say that Abraham the Jew was a prophet. And for Abimelech, that meant that after a life of doing what's described in John twelve forty six, where it says that, where the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am come, a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness, shouldn't dwell in this state of darkness, shouldn't be consumed by darkness all around. No light abiding in darkness. And Abimelech had spent his lifetime abiding in darkness Life for Abimelech was just a day after day, just trying to survive. And as far as God was concerned, as far as knowing God as a friend, as far as ever being able to become a child of God, as far as having any assurance of having sins forgiven, of having a home in heaven uh, after death, Abimelech was abiding in darkness. Those were all, he was an agnostic. He didn't know. He'd just say, I don't know. All I do is to sort of hope in the dark. That's a description of the lost today they hope in the dark and that was Abimelech and that left Abimelech with this yearning within and a strong desire to come out of this darkness of this baseless hope in the dark and into the light and here at last God has come to Abimelech and told him you know what you have a prophet in your land you have a spokesman for me in your land And for Abimelech the Gentile to have a prophet in his land meant that at last he's got a chance for life. He's got a chance to come out of this baseless hope in the darkness through God, his prophet, Abraham the Jew. And so the crazy part about this is the awkward way in which Abimelech the Philistine came in contact with Abraham the Jew. And and we can imagine that today in heaven, That Abraham and Abimelech, they sit down together and they they, they talk about this. You know, how they came to know each other. And we can hear Abimelech, he says to Abraham, he says, You know how God brought us together. How God brought me to meet you. You know how God led me into the great sin. Or how, I don't want to say God led me. But anyway, how you led me, Abraham. (laughs) God, you, Abraham, led me into this great sin of taking your wife into my harem but you know what? I heard God say, and I learned that you were God's prophet. So I blessed you, and we became friends, great friends. And through this friendship, you told me about your God who forgives sins. And now I'm in heaven because I came to you as God's prophet. I listened to God. I mean, isn't that some conversation? imagine that and as we listen to that conversation we can hear abraham and abimelech say you know there's one thing that we both know is true and then together they say romans 8 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose and abraham would go on to say i was so ashamed and I was so embarrassed to have lied about Sarah not being my wife and then trying to cover it up with that flimsy, she's really my sister excuse. But even my sin, God make to work together for good for you, Abimelech. And let's praise Jehovah Jesus. That, that's a conversation. And Abimelech would say, I was so shocked to learn that I had taken your wife into my harem and I, and I was so angry with you for leading me into this great sin. But even in that great sin of taking your wife into my harem, God made that work together for my good. And here I am in heaven. Here I am in heaven, and then I praise the Jehovah Jesus. And how Abimelech came to know God is so instructive for us because Abimelech met Abraham on a collision course. They <laughs> were on a collision course together because Abraham. But it didn't turn out this way because Abimelech he put his own need for God over his anger against Abraham, and life flowed to Abimelech as a result of that. Now, how about us? We're like Abraham, and God brings us on these collision courses with people, and that's the way God allows people to be brought into our lives. And God, when it happens, he's got the intention of bringing gospel life to a lost soul maybe it's an auto accident or or it's a conflict with a co-worker or a boss or any people got a lot of people can be conflicts with or an argument with someone else and so the question we have to ask ourselves we look ourselves at abraham what abimelech has god brought into our lives through some collision courses because god loves that person and he wants him to listen to us as god's prophet but the point is That Abimelech found life through God because of his collision course with Abraham. Now, the big difference between Abimelech and Pharaoh is what we read about Pharaoh. It's very different from Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 12, verse 20. Genesis 12, 20, where we read this And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him, Abraham. They sent him away and his wife and all that he had. See, Pharaoh looked at Abraham and he said, you are a troublemaker. And he said, and Pharaoh wanted nothing to do with Abraham. He wanted nothing to do with Abraham's God. He just wanted Abraham and Abraham's God to leave, and especially leave him alone. So the last comment we have of Pharaoh is, is said is in the last verse of chapter 12 where we see Pharaoh commanding his men to send, you make sure, none of you invite him to stay, send him away and send him his wife away and send his God away while you're at it. This is not the picture of Abimelech because in Genesis chapter 20 verse 15 we see the opposite where it says, and Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. So unlike Pharaoh, who just wanted Abraham and Abraham's God to leave, and Pharaoh commanded his men just to send them out and send them away, unlike Pharaoh, just the opposite with Abimelech. Abimelech wanted Abraham and Abraham's God not to leave. And so he told Abraham, Abraham, just stay with us. Choose out the best of the land and be here. Don't leave. You're God's prophet. You're the one God hears. You're God's priest you pray for me, I live, you pray for my people, they live, we need life, there's no way I want you and your God to leave, I want you to stay here, that's the key difference between a Pharaoh and Abimelech. Now, Abimelech and Pharaoh represent to us two types of people that you and I encounter in our lives, two types of people. Now, both need God, Pharaoh needed God, Abimelech needed God, And both may even know that they need God, but there's a great difference that the Pharaoh type of people just want us to leave them alone. Like Pharaoh, they're happy when we and our God just go. And they couldn't be happier if they never see us again. And our message that the Lord Jesus Christ is God and can save them from their sins is painful for them. They don't want to hear it. But that's the Pharaoh type, and that's the type that pushes us out like Pharaoh did. But then you, you and I also encounter, thank God, the Abimelech types. And you and I find our lives this type, and they want to be our friends. And they want to know God as their friend, as we do. And they want to live close to us. That's the Abimelech type. But notice in verse 22 that Abimelech comes to Abraham with his chief captain. And that means that Abimelech has been talking to his chief captain. His chief captain has been talking to him. Phicol, Phicol means the, uh, a mouth of all. So it looks like he was maybe a spokesman for all, I don't know, Philistines. But anyway, Abimelech and Phicol, they've been watching Abraham and they've been observing Abraham. And they came to the conclusion, which they say in verse 20, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now, how would they know this with them? Because they were watching him in everything that he did. They've been watching Abraham in every part of his life. And when they looked at Abraham's life, they saw God with him. They saw weak Abraham, but they saw God was with Abraham in all his weakness. They saw in Abraham a man who sinned, as he did by lying about Sarah not being his wife. But they see that God is with Abraham, even though he sins. They see Abraham the businessman, and he makes bad business decisions. But maybe, you know, like me. But they see that God is with Abraham. The bad business man. And as a matter of fact, when they've looked carefully at Abraham, they come to this conclusion that there's only one explanation for everything good that's come to Abraham. And that explanation is very simply God. God is with him. And they become very jealous about this. And they want God in their lives like Abraham has in his life. And so, like Abraham, we are being observed. We are being watched. And what should they see? They should see a Christian in whom they could say, God is in his life. They should see a Christian who trusts God. They should see a Christian who knows that he's weak and he knows he's nothing. As a matter of fact, they should see a Christian who really has has got almost a motto for his life. John 15, 5, where the Lord said that he was the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And Abraham was that way. He said, without God, I can do nothing. And when the lost see how God is with us, they become jealous. And when the Jewish people see that God is with us, they become jealous, as it says in Romans eleven eleven. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, We come in verse 1. Now we read in verse 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. That's a very interesting word there, that word visit. It's a very interesting word to describe the birth of Isaac. The birth of Isaac is described as the Lord visited Sarah. Visit is the word that's used to describe what God did when he made Sarah to give birth to Isaac. It's a very interesting word. See, first we saw in Genesis 18 that God visited Abraham and Sarah in their tent in Genesis chapter 18. It says that in Genesis 18.10. It says, and he said, this is what God said in Genesis 18.10. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Sarah heard it, Intentor, which was behind him. See, in Genesis 18, what we see there is God visited Abraham and Sarah, and he promised to revisit them. He visited them with the word of promise in Genesis 18. And his promise was, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. So what God gave them at that time was a word of promise. He came, he visited them, and he gave them a word of promise when he said, I will certainly return unto thee. Now we see that he has now come with another word, which is the word of fulfillment in this chapter 21. And just as he promised that he would certainly return to them, it says, that's why it starts off, it says, God visited Sarah. When God came to bring this blessing It was described as God visiting. And that same word became Joseph. Joseph, the brother. Joseph's theme of his message to the Jewish people when he was dying. It's always very interesting, a man's last words or his deathbed words or what he says is recorded oftentimes in Scripture. And Joseph's last words, so to speak, are recorded for us in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, where it says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. (laughs) I feel like that every day. But anyway, he says that. He says, I died, and God will surely visit you. See, he used that word. And bring you out of this land, unto the land which you swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I die. Joseph was dying. He said, I die. He knew he was dying. He said he was dying. He said, I die. And his last words to them center around this word. And it's a theme word that he uses over and over. He uses it several times. And it's the word visit. And he said, God will surely visit you. And he said that when God would visit his people, the Jewish people, his brothers and so forth, that he would bring them out of this land to the land that he had promised to give to the forefathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, for the Jewish people who lived in the best land of Egypt, they lived off the fat of the lamb. You know, I, yesterday I was talking to my wife and I said, well, I was really living high on the hog <laughs> when I was young. And she said, how could you live high on the hog? <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess we never said that. <laughs> I said, okay, so I lived high on the lamb." But anyway, <laughs> they were living high on the hog there in, 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 the, in the Goshen. Anyway, so they were living there, and they were living the best of the land of Egypt, just the best, in the land of Goshen. Life was good. Life was very good for them. And the idea, I mean, they just got from Canaan, where they were starving to death there. So the idea of thinking of leaving the land, no. Why would you want to do that? The Egyptian people were very good to them when Joseph was dying. The land was very good to them. I mean, their brother was in the high position there. And then they had good harvest, the land of Goshen, is well, as it says, it's well watered and from the Nile. They had good houses, and they had, life was good. What's to complain? What's to complain? Who wants to leave Egypt? Egypt's nice. But wise Joseph, as he was dying, he saw the danger that his brothers were becoming too comfortable there. And he was dying and he wanted them to not think about staying there permanently in Egypt. And he wanted them to think about it as he's dying. He says, I want you just to think about leaving. And so Joseph said that God was going to visit them and take them out. And he said, God is going to surely visit you. Now, you and I are just like Joseph's people in Egypt. And like Joseph's brother, we're pretty comfortable here in the U.S. I mean, like Joseph's brother, it could be better, but it's not bad. It's not as good as others, but it's not as bad as others. I mean, life's good. What's to complain I mean, Joseph's brother, we say the country's good to us. Like Joseph's brothers, we say our jobs are not bad, except for Jim McDonald, he has to work for me, but apart from that, it's all right. (laughs) And like Joseph's brothers, we say, you know, who wants to leave? Who wants to leave? But our Joseph tells us in Luke 17, 32, 33, the Lord Jesus Christ says to us, remember Lot's wife and the tragic end of her because she turned back and she said, I don't want to leave. It says, he says in verse 33, Luke 17, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And then we also have these words in Hebrews eleven thirteen through 15, where it causes us to look back on our people, who are called the people of faith. And it says there, these all, he painted the picture in Hebrews 11, he said, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them. They didn't receive, but they saw them. afar off, And they were persuaded, because you get persuaded by what you look at. And they were looking, they were persuaded, and they embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare, declare plainly, that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity to have returned.
0: Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. I'd like to give you Tom Cantor's contact information, but first, I want to remind you that we have several teachings and offers as our resource of the month from Tom Cantor. He's our amazing Bible teacher, and we have several resources, including how a Jew learned the meaning of Isaiah 53, how to pray for the lost, how to pray for the saints, and what kind of love is God's love. These written resources from Tom Cantor will teach you valuable and simple Christian lessons. To get a hold of these resources, for a donation of $10 or more, you can call us now at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. It'll help support the Friendship with God radio program and keeping this Bible teaching radio program on the air, 800-247-3051. Now to write in for resources or to contact Tom Cantor by our P.O. box, just write to Friendship with God, P.O. box seven one one three three zero. Again, P.O. box seven one one three three zero, Santee California nine two zero seven one. That's Santee S A N T E E California nine two zero seven one. So again, P.O. box seven one one three three zero, Santee California. 92071. So write Tom Cantor or go to friendshipwithgod.org to learn more about Tom Cantor or especially to learn more about having friendship with God. Thanks for listening.